0: Jack O'Connor said don't ever read a paper you're kind of thinking why did he say that or what did he mean by that or does he rate him higher than me it opens up something that you do not want opened you the only
1: thing so- the players should be looking at or listening to is the football podcast <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now All right, very good morning to you. Welcome along. It is Wednesday morning, I want to say. Yeah, getting nods all around. So it's Wednesday morning. You're very welcome along to OTBAM. We're here with you all the way through until ten. We'd love to hear from you. You can get us uh, on YouTube.com forward slash off the ball. You've got to be signed in to leave a comment, um, and you can subscribe to our channel. You also can get us at off the ball AM on Twitter, or you can uh, text the show 180, 180. I believe the WhatsApp is up and working this morning. Very sorry for blanking all your WhatsApps for the last while. But the phone was unplugged. So. What are you going to do? Anyway, Kathleen is here. Kathleen, good morning to you. Good morning. And Shane is here. Shane, how are you? Morning, how are Uh Kathleen, back top of the table for the Arsenal fans this morning.
2: Yeah, we're definitely still going to win the title. Um, yeah, last night was a strange one. I kind of had this weird sense of deja vu when we were 3-0 up and then all of a sudden Chelsea got a goal back and I was like, please tell me it's not happening again. Thankfully it didn't, but yeah, back top of the table. Not sure. I don't really feel anything about it, to be honest. I just feel a bit numb to it all at this stage. It's not, much,
0: it's not much of a surprise beating
1: mid-table mediocrity at home, is it? I do think the whole world thought when it went 3-1, briefly going, if it was any team other than Chelsea, <laughs> you'd give them a chance of getting back into this game, given what's happened recently. But yeah. The fact that it was Chelsea under this manager.
2: They're so <laughs> disastrous. I mean, even look at Obama Yang's play last night alone, like, nine touches four of those from kickoffs off at half-time like that's <laughs> incredible first start since the reverse fixture back in November
1: it did feel a little bit like Frank Lampard was like How, who am I going to pick Oh, you. there's a thing in football where you always score against your former team so yeah. oh, 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 oh but come on I know you've oh been- and he has a
2: little bit of beef with Arteta I'll stick him on and hopefully he'll do something yeah. and uh, that very much was not the case whatsoever uh, I think Arteta may have tried that a little bit as well with Jesus and Zinchenko and stuff in the City game and we also had that went so I don't know how much stock we can actually put in that theory after the last week or so. I don't think
1: Arteta was doing that. I think Arteta <laughs> has no one else to play at that level. I do think that uh, Frank Lampard is like such a—he's washed up as a football manager after this. Like, there's no—I com- don't think there's any coming back from this. No. Do you know the way that everybody's like, oh, what's there to lose from this? they're as bad as they could be under Graham Potter turns out things can always get worse imagine
0: thinking Frank Lampard is a better option than Nagelsmann because he knows the club and is a club legend what a horrific decision but uh, but the Chelsea board have Frank made Frank Lampard
2: will land on his feet mark my words this will not be the end of Frank Lampard I think it is I I I don't know. I, I just think he's gotten this far. He's like a cat. He always lands on his feet. And for some reason, he'll find some job. He'll go away for a little while. He'll come back. He'll like keep putting that narrative out there. Of like, oh, Chelsea weren't all that great. It also depends on what Chelsea do, I suppose, in the summer and like how they start the next season. But I don't know. I, I just... I, I always feel like he'll resurrect somewhere. Not in the Premier League, though. No, no, probably not in the Premier League. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if he went away played at a lower league for, or well, managed a lower league for a couple of years and then all of a sudden started creeping his way back into the Premier League. I totally would not be surprised.
1: The only way to recover from this is to get involved with the England underage setup and I can see a way back there. So, you know, Frank could easily navigate his way through the FA hierarchy and end up in the England job at some point in the future. But I can't see any. Uh, look, in fairness, there are so many sackings. Uh, We say there's only 20 jobs in the Premier League, but actually there's probably about 48 jobs over the course of a season. And so maybe he gets another caretaker opportunity at the end of a season for somebody who's completely batshit crazy in terms of the owners. But at the moment, you can't see anybody giving Frank a gig on the back of the absolute rack and ruin that this has been.
2: Oh, not definitely not straight away. I just think he will come back at some stage. I think after this, he will need to go away and I don't know, hide on a nice island or something like for what a should, while. W-
0: what's his coat? It was list- even I listened to Cesc Fabregas after the match last night, talking about Mikel Arteta's coaching style and his attention to detail. And I was, it actually just struck me. I was like, well, what's Frank Lampard's coaching style? Like, I, I there was a moment last night where you see Ben Chilwell coming over to Frank and looked fairly exasperated, like, what's going on? What are we doing here? Frank's look back wouldn't fill you with with too much confidence. I don't know. I, I, I'm concerned at the uh, the length of his managerial career now. F- from this point forward, like
1: it's not going to get any better this season for Chelsea either, is it? Like, well, uh, they might avoid relegation. That'd be uh, like, they can celebrate. They can do a lap of honor on the last day of the season, or whenever they eventually secure the one point they need to. It's not. I mean, there would need to be a really restrained sequence. Maybe those results are no longer possible, but. There was um, was there a, an athletic 6,000-word article on how uh,
2: Chelsea mm-hmm. could end up getting relegated at one point? There might yeah. have been. I'm pretty sure there was in the last like, week or so, wasn't it?
1: It's about that way, yeah. It's too you long to read. Mudrick got a nice reception as well from the... The
0: home Arsenal fans, of course, rejecting Arsenal very, very uh, dramatically and opting for Chelsea. What a terrible decision uh, he made. I don't though.
1: think he rejected them, really. Is it not that his club decided that, oh, you, there's a clown over here with a load of money. We're just going to take that and I'm really sorry you're going to get told.
0: Yeah, I suppose it makes,
1: makes that, sense. That, is that? Like, and the Arsenal fans rubbing it in. You know, show a bit of class. I thought I thought you were all marble halls and class, Arsenal. You noticed the green laser that was uh, following him around the pitch I did uh, consistently
0: as he ran around oh, like, and even his face. Around. Yeah, there seemed to be a green laser that was... Consistently in his eyes, um, so yeah, clearly there was some Arsenal fans in the, in the crowd that, that didn't quite like Mudrick uh, playing at the Emirates in, in a blue jersey. But
2: the thing is about like a game like last night, like you know Chelsea are on your on their knees. You know that you should really beat them, and you know you shouldn't really be taking any enjoyment out of the fact that you're doing it quite emphatically. And they look like lost chickens running around the pitch, but it's still very enjoyable. Like they still are that sort of rivals, mm-hmm. even though on the table right now it doesn't really matter and there isn't really any comparison between the two it is still slightly enjoyable to see like the player that you thought you really wanted to sign go there it's not I don't know if he'll necessarily be a flop but the whole Chelsea project at the moment is a bit of a flop to be able to taunt Frank Lampard you know the sort of player that used to taunt you for years at how absolutely awful he is as a manager I think Arsenal deserve that little bit of enjoyment after the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, look, uh, the bit of and going on there. They, uh, they're, uh, they've they earned it this season. You have to say that they have at least earned looking down their noses at Frank Lampard oh, <laughs> and yeah. Chelsea. Uh, do you have any hope that maybe there's a little bit of pressure brewing now out of nowhere? Uh, you do look at Man City's fixture list and go, ah, oh, it's like one of the easiest cantering homes that a team could ever have. Uh, I wouldn't say time, that, I wouldn't say that. At the same time, like it was Stevie Gerrard's Aston Villa who uh, like, got up ahead of steam against him on the last day of the season last year. Now, mm. I never had any confidence that Villa were going to stop Man City from winning the game outright last uh, last year. And they obviously turned it around in a three and a half minute spell. But, stranger things have happened, right? Now that, now that, now that Arsenal have stopped the rot against obviously the worst team in the Premier League at the moment and I'm including Leeds mm. uh, is there any hope? Are, are you, have I, they
2: I, stopped the rot though? like, So you're
1: feeling numb but not uh, <coughs> a,
0: a little part of you still hopes?
2: Mm, not particularly
0: Look at their figures so they're home to West Ham tonight then home to Leeds on Saturday at 3 o'clock New Leeds <laughs> manager are Sam Allardici Pro- Probably yeah Big Sam It could be in the next 24 hours you'd imagine he'll come in Then they have the Real Madrid game away at the Bernabeu on the Tuesday Yeah. followed by Everton away Yeah followed by the home game against Real then if uh, the last three games of the season home to Chelsea away that- to Brighton away to Brentford Brighton and Brentford away last two games they might not be fighting for much maybe they'll be fighting for, for Europa League or or those spots um, so you never know they don't have to worry about the, the FA Cup final until after all those games so that's that's, that's the 3rd of June against United at Wembley they, they uh, aren't gimmies Mikel Arteta sets on one sorry these are Man City fixtures Man City's fixtures yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah ok well, the, the, the game against Everton, in a way, is uh, Sean Dyche written all over it. I mean, Dyche and Allardyce, two games in a row. Allardyce and then Dyche.
1: I know, I, mean, I would put Pep Guardiola up against both of them, and both their teams. You can play 22 lads, and we'll play 11, and uh, still put Pep up against them, just, you know, given that it's... Allardyce yeah. has ruined title races before, didn't he? Destroy Arsenal's hopes a long
0: time ago, when they were in the title race against Manchester United. I think he was a Bolton manager at the time. He knows how to do it. He'll set up to frustrate teams like Manchester City. Not saying he's going to beat them uh, with that Leeds team for sure, but
1: um, I'm just trying to furiously Google Guardiola's record against Sam Allardyce, and the first thing that comes up is Pep Guardiola has hailed Sam Allardyce as a genius as he prepares for Man City's trip to West Brom on Tuesday. So West know. Brom team they got relegated, yeah, yeah, genius. I mean, uh, is he? Is that like? Is that? Do the kids call that shit posting? That's just Pep. Isn't that, it? Is not its that trolling?
0: Yeah. Oh. is, is he serious? Pep- no if Pep praises you usually that's a bad thing he's he's literally taking the piss out of you same with his own players you know he tends to do that when players play Freddie Crap takes the uh, the focus off them by uh, by telling everyone trying to convince everyone who has watched the game that they've played well in, in fact um, so yeah Pep's saying Sam Allardyce is a genius feels tongue in cheek largely tongue in cheek
1: I actually can't believe Leeds are going for Sam Allardyce You've got four games left in your season. Like. I, love the, I love the reporting. It's, um, Sam Allardyce getting 500 grand base salary for the rest of the season. And then on one of the papers, it's Sam Allardyce going to get a million bonus. And then two other papers have it, <laughs> Sam Allardyce going to get two and a half million bonus. So in total, three million quid for the rest of the season for Sam Allardyce. Actually, you know what? I've changed my mind. Pep Guardiola is correct. Sam Allardyce is a genius. <laughs> I, someone said yesterday, oh, Sam, Sam Allardyce wants the job, apparently.
0: No shit Of course he wants the job Look at the money involved here He's got four games to do it I'm surprised they didn't go With Michael Skibala For the (coughs) remainder of the season As interim But um, Angus Kinnear I think he's one of the executives At at Leeds Sam Allardyce has worked with him Before with West Ham There's also the fact that In those four games Sam is going to have the midweek To work with the team It's not like they have a a cup Or anything to distract So we will actually have The week between matches To to, to work with the team and, And I guess
2: I wonder, if Sam Allardyce just have like a big red phone in the corner of his house and whenever it starts ringing, he's just like, the money's coming, oh, I yeah. know it's coming.
0: But he hasn't been in a job since that West Ham one, which was a couple of years ago. I was going to say he's bided his time, but, but I think, I, in fact, he just hasn't had the calls. I mean, it's, who wanted him between, between then and now? His last job literally took West Brom to the Championship.
1: It's, it's a very desperate roll of the dice and obviously it's not long term it's literally these four games you know uh, do enough to prevent this happening we'll give you the three million quid he rides off into the sunset you know uh, does so he not he can, stay on if he keeps them up? no no they're getting taken over apparently by the San Francisco 49ers and they do not want someone playing long ball for Leeds next season they want like something shiny and new and Silicon Valley and like you know mm-hmm. um, the hot young coach that's what they want and I think there could be an injection of cash to allow them to become a mid-table team with the hope of winning a cup, which you know least fans I think would sell for at this stage. Um, Frank Lampard has totally blown up any <laughs> chances of having a big manager job, says PWGC. <laughs> what, what does the what what does the what is your user, I very very rarely ask people usernames because it's, it's between you and your internet search history, but PWGC. Is that GC golf club, club, club? That's what I was going to say. Mm. Peewee golf club? Periwinkle golf mm. club? Uh, Chris says, It's great seeing Chelsea implode like this. Couldn't happen to a better club or set of fans. Ooh, the poor Chelsea fans feeling oh. bodied. All they did all those years was bask in the reflected glory of a Russian oligarch who got his money under questionable pretenses and then brag about how their club was the best run when actually, you know, it was money stolen from the mouths of mm. poor Russian people. But, you know, you, you deserve your Champions League trophies. Well, as SpectreCore says, James Corden, not a football expert, apparently. There you go. Uh, Lakers Shocker. beat Golden State. They did last night. Uh, Steph couldn't get it done. What was the score? Was It a, It was close enough in the end. But it's a seven-game series, SpectreCore. And uh, it's LeBron versus Steph. And so now is the time to tune in. I keep telling everybody this. At least once the first game is over. Uh, Bournemouth could probably will pass Chelsea this weekend. Bournemouth, says oh. Dajo Schocknesig. You'd like. Or melt. They're, they're, uh, like, you know
0: what? The, the worst thing I can say about Chelsea is the fact that there's one Chelsea fan in my group of friends. We have a, we have a group on social media that we, we chat back and forth on WhatsApp. And it was only last night that one of the lads wrote in uh, and had Jimmy. Jimmy's his name. Shout out. And said, Jimmy, you're getting away awful lightly the last number of weeks. We actually haven't been abusing him. If it was any other club, we'd be abusing him. But because things are so bad at Chelsea. I think people felt a little bit wary and conscious of of slagging off a Chelsea fan, but but yeah, last night we were like, well, we ha- we have to lean in here. So, to any Chelsea fans in your friend group, let them know. I mean, it, this doesn't happen too often. They could be back next year. They could offload a few of the dead wood bits of dead wood and bring in a decent new manager after Lampard. So, if, uh, if you have a Chelsea fan in your life let them let, let them have it for a little number of weeks
2: I feel like Chelsea fans are never that fun to actually tease about things because they don't like don't care they don't really bite back in the same way you know like I don't know if, if I think of like all the Arsenal rivalries Spurs always get something out of Spurs United Liverpool whoever it is Chelsea there's not the same sort of and maybe that's just because they've thought they've been better than us for a while but so have all those other teams so I don't really know what it is
0: mm. someone said they've won 19 trophies Chelsea since Arsenal last won the league Mm. Which just serves to highlight last night and the the gulf that's happened since. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, you'd be concerned if you're a Chelsea fan for sure. A couple of other things we should talk about: the uh, women's national league draw, sorry, nations league draw has been made. Right, uh, yes. You can get promoted. We're in tier two. You can get promoted to tier one if we win the group. We've got Northern Ireland, Hungary, and Albania. But this doesn't actually. This isn't as convoluted as the men's. If you win your group, you're not automatically through to the Euros.
2: No. So it still is like pretty convoluted in that like there's a whole nations league that's gonna happen before we go properly into the Euros qualifiers. So like we'll technically hopefully by the group that we've drawn there we should be in tier A by the time the twenty twenty five qualifiers come around. Um so yeah, the four group winners in League A go straight into the Nations League final and then group winners in Leagues B and C are automatically promoted. So what we're hoping is we beat Northern Ireland, Hungary and Albania which we definitely should do and then go straight into League A and then go into the qualification process there for the Euros where it's much easier. You have a lot more opportunities and a lot more playoff fixtures to actually qualify for the full thing. Uh,
1: So will there be separate Euro qualifiers after, after the League B?
2: Yeah, so we have the Nations League starts initially this September and then after that another league stage takes place.
1: Oh, so there's a second league stage and then the Euro qualifiers. Yeah, where each ah, team okay.
2: plays each other home and away and then the four group winners and the four runners up from League A automatically qualify for the final tournament but and then there's two rounds of two-legged playoff ties for the remaining ones.
1: Sorry to ask, right, but uh, there'll be uh, League A happening while League B happens, right? Yeah. And so that's irrelevant, those, the winners of that though? So so then
2: that's the thing so there's loads of different pathways so
1: so you can win League A twice
2: uh, no so you if you win League A the first time around that's just Nations League that doesn't no qualifier no qualifier that's basically to get your positioning for the actual Euros qualifiers so say we play this first round. We play this First Nations League and the teams in League A will contest to win the Nations League trophy. Okay. And the winners of that will qualify for the Paris Olympics. The winner and the finalist qualify for the Paris Olympics. Okay. And then there's another round of the exact same thing, except the teams in the leagues will have changed. So there is promotion and relegation okay. in that first round.
1: And that's second time around. And the second time around. There are property places for yeah. Euros on on offer and then after that there's European qualifiers
2: Uh, yeah yeah and then it's basically the exact same process for the World Cup after that
1: so there's loads of games which is is obviously better
2: Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this FIFA global calendar over the last couple of years, and a lot of clubs, a lot of the big European clubs, we've seen the issues with releasing players ahead of this World Cup, are not massively happy with the calendar change. And like when this was announced, clubs were really, really unhappy with it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that is navigated over the next couple of years, because they don't want players playing more. I mean, even look at the news last week about Leah Williamson doing her ACL Frank Kirby last night also out with a knee injury for the foreseeable future teams are worried about that side of things so I don't really know how they're going to work it but it is good for say smaller countries like ourselves who are looking to build up momentum and get that sort of International experience.
1: So, Frank Kirby plays for England. Leah Williamson's their captain already ruled out. Looks like Beth Mead's going to be out in, as well. Um, England kind of decimated by injuries at the moment?
2: Oh, completely. Like their whole back line is completely gone at the moment. Millie Bright should be back in time for the World Cup. Not entirely certain. Lucy Bronze is also out with a knee injury at the moment. She had keyhole surgery there last week, I think it was, um, who also should be back in time, but not a certainty, you know, you never know what complications of these things. Basically, Uh, five of the starting 11 that won the Euros are all out with knee injuries at the moment. Okay.
1: Are other countries suffering similarly, or is it just England?
2: Uh, England have been particularly bad hit badly hit but definitely other countries are so like say france are missing uh, Marie Antoinette antonette she's been out since last euros there's possibility she'll be back in time for the world cup Um diani as well who's top scorer in the french league obviously alexa putez has just come back for barcelona so there is injury crisis it's kind of across the whole game but england have just been particularly badly hit in a international context if you look at like at a club level you would say that like Arsenal have been particularly badly hit at a club level they are now looking at four ACL injuries five ACL injuries in the entire squad which is I mean there's definitely something wrong there
0: Will the Dutch be missing a medium, medium out? Presumably she's yeah. not No,
2: she, her and Beth Mead are definitely not making the World Cup 100% um because um, Miedema's injury came after Mead's as well, and Mead was already on like a time crunch to come back. If you think about it, like Pateus has just started playing, and she injured hers right before the start of the Euros, and she came back relatively quickly. Right. From
0: FIBA's perspective, it's a lot of players that would have been on the poster for the tournament, li- the literal posters for the tournament, yeah. that, that can no longer be. So it, it's a bit massive blow for the tournament itself.
2: It is, but it was the exact same thing, though, that happened with the Euros last summer. You know, you lost Pateus on the eve of the tournament starting, like, Kachoto went during the middle of the tournament. So, like, Miedema had COVID for 10 days of the tournament. So many major players suffered, and in some ways... The- like, there had been enough hype built up around it at that stage that it didn't actually really matter. And you got to see quite a few incredibly good young players, which was interesting because a lot of these teams, you know, they rely on their meetabuzz and their meeds and stuff. And I think that's potentially why England did do so well at the time as well, because they were the only team that went through the whole thing with a pretty set starting 11 that didn't change at all um, because they were so fortunate with injuries and that's the running joke now is that they used up all their luck at the Euros and it's totally gone for the World Cup. Um, but there's still like, especially with the World Cup, there's still so many star names in there. I mean, you take the Netherlands and the US teams alone and you have some of the greatest players <laughs> ever playing at the moment. So I'm I'm, I'm still excited for it.
1: Well, Ireland definitely are. Uh, if we can just get there largely intact, uh, Bobby Dwyer, who yep. you all know as our resident Spurs fan, uh, true, true to form. You did say you always get a rise out of the Spurs fans. Uh, Chelsea Arsenal isn't a rivalry. Two strange fan bases singing together about how much they hate Tottenham whenever they play each other. Well, at least they're at least they're paying attention to you, Bobby. It's nothing worse than being ignored, right? Mm. They don't want to be relevant. Sure. <laughs> Uh, going to be relegated. Pint, a pint glass of wine is going to sort that out for you, says so SpectreCore. And uh, he's got the best record as England manager, right? One game and one win. Uh, yeah, I, I did, did wonder, is there a chance that Frank Lampard ends up having the worst managerial record at this stint at Chelsea of any manager ever in the Premier League? Because he hasn't been fired yet after, is it seven defeats in a row? Mm. Six
2: defeats six, in a row? Six, six, six defeats yeah. in a row.
1: So, like, how many does it get to before they're, like oh we just I mean what are we doing how, like was it Frank De Boer at, t- at Palace that time how I many did he have he had a shocking run it wasn't 12 was it it's 12 the record come on Frank you can get to 12 although there's not much games left in the season
2: um, I was going to say if there was more time left in the season he probably could they can't sack him they can't sack him before the end either although could he get to it with oh no because there's not really any other games left I was no. going to say if there was other competitions as, they were soon, as, <laughs> as soon as the
1: season is over they're like thanks very much uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up with tickets for your box. No problems. Yeah, any time. <laughs> yeah, DeBoer did 77 days um,
0: uh, without scoring a single league goal. Is there? At least Lampard has scored a couple of goals. Two goals, I think. Yeah, well, um, but how
1: many defeats, does it say?
0: I'm trying to find out how many defeats. Now, ironically, DeBoer replaced Sam Allardyce at Palace. So um, the world just keeps going around in circles. Uh, I'm trying to find out how many defeats exactly he had but uh, I'll find that out but yeah if he can keep going Frank if he can just keep going being this crap you never know he could be a record breaker he could be in pub quizzes across the country and across the world for years to come
1: um, any O T B A M fans who want to go and meet Bobby Dwyer in person there's an impromptu meet up at the Roadshow tonight which is happening in the Mansion House um, it's turned into a bit of a Manchester United special although I do believe there's a special guest as well yeah that, yeah Soon as it's confirmed, Graham Soon is going to be there, who has just uh, stepped down from Sky. So, good opportunity to hear him talk about the value of punditry, which has obviously been in the um, uh, public's consciousness after Broly's piece of the weekend, uh, tearing into the anodyne nature of the TV punditry that we're getting at the moment. So, if you've got views on that, we'd love to hear from you. But anyway, if you want to meet Bobby, you can head along to the Mansion House tonight. And um, yeah, 117, 112. The Lakers beat the Warriors last night. But uh, as I said, best of seven. So Frank DeBoer only in those 77 days managed Palace for five
0: games uh, and four league games, and they were all defeats. Frank's already ahead. Great score, yeah. So what
1: is the records? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll look that up for you. Uh, something else that uh, happened last night. Uh, I think most of you might have seen this on on Twitter. Irish football picks are the ones who brought it to our attention. Um, at Irish underscore picks. they uh, found an interview with Stephen Ireland, which is remarkable. Uh, have a watch.
3: It's really tough again because there's a lot of players I played with and then his players' <laughs> names. You'd expect him to be good and they weren't when I was with them. Same with playing against, you know, I played against huge names and on the day they never they never kind of got the better of me or they never, I never played against them going go, wow, these were incredible. They never actually Any done examples anything. That? Stephen Gerrard, for example, Frank Lampard. Every time I've played against them, I've always got the better of them. Um, even though they're incredible players, but on the day, from, it's on, I can only go from that. I can turn around and say they're great players. Paul Scholes, all these guys are great players. But I've never had a game where I thought, God, they're, they're, I'm out of my depth. That was never the case. Uh, Eden Hazard was incredible to play against. Absolutely frightening. Um, playing with Sean Roy Phillips was fantastic I loved playing with him Robinho was very very good um, Vincent Company was good at the time I suppose that year where I got my best player of the year at Man City we had a really good squad and everybody played out with their skin I was just better than everybody in that season but all the other guys were top as well I probably wouldn't have got that award or played the way I did without those guys as well of course raising their games so yeah it's 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 a t- not one person jumps out at me
1: yeah i mean you know like uh everybody's perception of reality is their perception of reality and who the hell are we to argue with their perception of reality although obviously the commenters in in um on the uh, tweet so this has originally come from rh elite coaching which you can follow on tiktok has uh, eighteen thousand followers in the um the pitch side markings there are pro football arena so obviously they've been doing some videos with, with Stephen Ireland and um, Lampard never got the better of him as he was smashed 6-0 by Chelsea was the first uh, response to Irish football picks by themselves and you know maybe he got taken off after an hour so maybe he didn't get the better of him really it was only 4-0 when Stephen left and they finished 6-0 and then somebody else says uh, another quick check of his record against Liverpool and Chelsea 1-2 drew 8 lost 18 so yeah, Empire of the Cup tweeting Stephen Ireland's career record against Liverpool, and Gerrard is one of the players he, he mentioned.
0: 13 games, zero wins, six draws, seven defeats. Uh, so maybe... But that doesn't necessarily mean that Gerrard was like uh, dominant in the match, you know? He was also subbed after an hour in Chelsea's 6-0 drubbing of Man City at the bridge in 07, in which Lampard got two assists. Chelsea fans are quick to point that out. Um, I know that's only one game, but... Quite interesting. I actually quite enjoyed the comments. Like, uh, we we don't have... like really cocky confident sports people here in Ireland too often and when we do I think we got to lean into it um, I love this whether he's del- deluded or not Stephen Ireland here I'm just like
1: go for it he did appear on TalkSport afterwards to say uh, when I played against them personally I never got into the changing rooms afterwards and thought wow they were incredible or they handed my arse to me I always felt I competed well enough against them in that moment in the game of course at the stages of their careers compared to mine you can't even compare it's day and night of course I mean I,
0: I, I, he did go on to say, "I played against Messi in a friendly. He wasn't very good. I never lost to Ronaldo."
1: I um, like
2: the way he's clarifying and at the same time, kind of digging down on what Australia. he said as well. Which is kind, well, of, it's kind of fair enough, is it not, to take on some of the best players in the world and come off the pitch and be like, "Yeah." Well, just into
1: the- Messi played that friendly against Ireland. wasn't very good. Like he was, he was showing up for Argentina because that's what he did, and and uh, he didn't, you know, at the at the time he was at a stratospheric level. And so, you know, did he really care about the opening of the new Lansdowne Road? I'm not really sure. That was one of the... Highlight
2: of his career. Journey. Exactly. Of his
1: I'd career. say if you were to like, do you remember that game? He's like, no, do not remember that game. He, he gives uh, some credit to Eden
0: to Hazard. He also said Rooney was ridiculous. Him and Thierry Henry just had this aura about them. Modric was ridiculous
1: too. So a few players got yeah, nice little Yeah, you know what? I think that maybe if you were to, if you were to put in, in a pecking order, yeah, our Modric and Rooney and Hazard way better players than Lampard and Gerrard I think you'd find a lot of support outside of uh, Liverpool and Chelsea Mm -hmm. for that yeah for sure Uh, the vastly overrated English players who were like oh, these are the first ones through to the Hall of Fame in the Premier League because they're English
0: I don't think Stephen Arden's point was I, I was a much better footballer than Lampard and Gerrard maybe in his head it was but I think what he was saying was I never feared coming up against them and I never felt completely dominated by them in a match which I think if that's what he believes and, and that's, the, that's the truth then let, I, let him believe it
1: my response to this is not to laugh at him for saying that my response to this is to go isn't it terrible that his career didn't reach the heights that it could have done mm. Mm. for various reasons part of it's self-inflicted and part of it's injury and it's like maybe if his mindset had not been to go in and be like oh I played really well after a 6-0 you know if his mindset had been why didn't everybody else play as well as I did maybe we wouldn't have been beaten 6-0 then uh, things might have been different for him but uh, apparently he's doing great work now helping uh, kids to become Premier League footballers so we shall see what the next act of Stephen Ireland's football career is but Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's obviously old right it's obviously do we know when that happened
2: Uh, Uh, he clarified it it yesterday I think Ah, alright so so it's recent I think it is recent yeah, like the clarification was from TalkSport last night, so I think right. it must have just gone viral.
1: Okay. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.